Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. Bobby Darren coming here to you from 24-7 Sports. We're going to talk Rutgers football, talk first game of the season, talk season preview, talk predictions. But I'm going to be joined by a special guest tonight, national recruiting analyst Brian Doan. A vast amount of Rutgers football knowledge, recruiting knowledge, uh, guru extraordinaire. Brian, thanks for joining us. Oh, man. Well, you got to you got to stay out of the cabinet with that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, 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 don't, we don't script it. We just kind of go off the cuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, always, always a pleasure. OK, so I guess, you know, let's just jump right into it. The season's starting another year. Um, you know, Rutgers plays UMass Friday night at home. They're more than two touchdown favorites. Uh, what are you most excited to see and what are you anticipating? Um. Yeah, I'm, what I'm excited to see is, are they better, right? I mean, it's pretty simple. Are they better? Um, I, I want to see, you know, what happens with the quarterback. I mean, look, I think uh, everybody thinks the Texas Tech kid is going to wind up starting. Uh, if you told me that two, two and a half weeks ago, I would have been shocked about it. Um, things change. Things have changed, it looks like, from everything you hear. Um, that's the way it looks like it'll go. And, and I'm curious what that does to an offense as far as, you know, now your quarterback's lefty, so your blind side, your right tackle, and, and it just changes a lot of things. But I, I want to see, I guess, can they block mm-hmm. up front? Because Lord knows against Texas State last year in the opener, Sikaski got hit mm-hmm. a ton because they couldn't protect on blitzes. So can they protect up front? Do they have anybody that can – you know, get open on the edge receiver-wise? And what kind of pressure can a defensive line get, if any? So those are the things and, I'm and really you know, you at. said it right there. I think the key is that offensive line, regardless of who you have back there throwing the football, it's not. It's going to be all for naught if he just has a couple seconds to throw. And, and kind of the same with the running game. You have a, a nice stable of running backs, but, you know, you have to get a little sliver of, of daylight to, to gain some positive yards. So I think that's really key as well. Um, I guess, you know, uh, which players do you think have a chance of impacting the team this year? And, and is there a guy you're really curious to see yeah you know what to be honest i'm really curious to see the dixon kid who you know was at south florida then oregon everything i heard was he he was going to have a big time role last season then the credit card situation came up um he's now ready to go and everything i've heard about him from people i've talked to you know that knew him from oregon knew him from south florida knew him in high school People I know at Rutgers and have seen him in practice, they all rave about him and talk about how athletic he is and, and how he really moves well and he can hit. I, I'm, I'm curious to see him. I, I felt um, cheated that I get a chance to see him last year because of all the things I've heard. So I think he's the guy I really right, want to see. Right. Of course, outside of the quarterback. I mean, you know, we all we all know that, but that's kind of uh, that may have been discussed <laughs> once or twice. In the past, so that, that, that's I, I'm looking at Dixon. He's a kid I really want to see, um, you know, and I want to see Davon Robinson at receiver and see how far he's come in developing in that spot, and can he be 
a legit option in the passing game to where he can get open. Yeah, and, you know, that passing game is critical, not just in terms of the offensive line, uh, the quarterback, those receivers, somebody has to step up. You have a, a collection of guys, and, I mean, it, it's it's put up or shut up time. Now, what's your take on this? You know, the, it seems like the staff is going with some experience in the beginning. you got guys like Bo Melton and Shameen Jones playing a big role. Uh, when do you kind of put the new guys in? Do you work them in gradually? I mean, how would you go about that? Yeah, I, I think, you know – I think it changes because some people have to go through the experience before they can really understand what's needed. Some people you can explain and you, and you go and you can just throw them out there. So I, I think you look at it and you say, okay, are our veterans doing a good job? The guys that have experience. And if they're not, then you go to the next guy. Now, if a younger guy has just killed it in practice, well, then you need to play him. Um, things have changed. This isn't 10 years ago where a freshman or a freshman can't play a lot. You'd like them to wait and get some, you know, reps in practice and get stronger. But, you know, listen, there were a lot of issues with Rutgers last year, and it starts with Sikowski did not play well. But when your offensive line can't block and your receivers can't get open, it really makes it hard for any quarterback. Um, and, again, Sikowski did not help the situation. That is not to say that I'm, you know, taking responsibility off of him. No, that's not what it is. But – you have an unproven receiver core. So if they can't get it done against UMass early, you got to start filtering some other guys in. You, this isn't a thing where you can now wait two years to develop a kid. you, you got to show a lot of progress now. Right. Uh, how about, you know, Brian, defensively? Um, Chris Ash is known for his defensive prowess. And, you know, he's got a lot of guys returning. Uh, they're relying on that back seven, even though four of them are going to make their first start. Um do you see this defense continuing how it played at the end of last season, or is there going to be an adjustment period? What, what are you expecting out of that unit? Yeah, I'm curious because Ash has a really good reputation as a guy who can scheme a defense and run a defense. And you can talk all you want about early in the season and what happened at Kansas, and that's when Jay Neiman was running the defense. When Chris Ash started running the defense, it was a lot better. It was a lot more crisp. It was a lot simpler for the guys to get in position and make plays. It was just a markedly better defense. And I think, I mean, the Kansas catastrophe is what it is. And you'll hear about that in 30 <laughs> years because of the program that Kansas is. It's just the way it is. But, you know, when you look at it rationally, you say once he took over, it was a really good defense. And when he ran defenses in the past, they were really good defenses. Now, figuring out a way to pressure from your front four, you've got to work on that. You know, how much 3-4 are we going to see? Because it may suit their personnel better. Where do they get pressure from? Does he disguise blitzes? I mean, look, UMass is not a good program. And you should not have to do a lot of things, um, you know, as far as disguising coverages and bringing blitzes from different spots. You should be able to do that. You should be able to just... Mm -hmm. win on talent to be honest with you and not show a ton so we'll see what happens but yeah i mean I, i'm curious to see what the defensive line can do to strengthen the back seven even more or do the linebackers and then do you have to bring some safeties on blitzes to help the d-line get pressure um i i think that's something you really look at and i and i think the linebackers are much more athletic than yeah, and, you know, even though some of them are starting for the first time, they've played before. Uh, Tyshawn Fogg, you know, is a team captain. It might be his first start. 
But, you know, this is a former four star who has a lot of expectations, a lot of potential. So it's not like they're just throwing a guy to the wolves. Yeah, I mean, Fogg has played so much. I mean, I, I didn't even think about him not starting before because he's played so much. So, I mean, what's the difference? He goes in for, you know, the second series or the first series, whatever. Um, yeah, they, they have some talent there. And, and I know last year he was a kid that they kept waiting for him to just seize that moment and take over a starting role. And he came close, but it never got there. But, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm curious to see how they get pressure, to be honest. Okay. And, you know, we've, we've kind of gone on both sides of the ball. How do you see this game playing out? Uh, um, I, I see that if the first throw is incomplete, people are going to boo. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and by the second series, people will be wondering about things. I don't know. You know what? I, I think I think whether Rutgers gets out quick or not, whatever. I think they should be able to overpower them, use their talent to, to overwhelm them, and it should be well in hand by the third quarter, you know, midway through the third quarter, if it takes that long. If this is still a game in the fourth quarter, that's going to be concerning to me. Now, it depends how it gets there. If you have four injuries in the first, you know, quarter and, and it changes things, yeah. I mean, there's always variables, mm-hmm. but... I, I just UMass isn't good. I mean, I, I don't know how <laughs> I, I, I'm trying. I don't want to be mean. They're not good. So that's why Rutgers is playing them in the first week. Right. I mean, that's been the plan for years. You, you know, I know when they got the job, you know, it was, you know, I remember Ash's first game, I think it was at Washington. Mm-hmm. They don't want those when you're playing Ohio <laughs> State, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Penn yeah. State every year. You really don't want to be going to Washington. Yeah. It, it, I think, um, you know, that was just poor scheduling, poor forward thinking. I mean, at the time. Well, I mean, look, you want to go back and bash Flood? If Syracuse wanted to play him and Flood wouldn't play Syracuse, so they had to fill the roster spots. Who's the roster Who's I mean, who's the you speak of? I mean, <laughs> Who is exactly. that guy? So exactly. how about, how about yeah. a prediction? Do we have a final score for, for the game? Ah, uh, geez. You know what? I will go with, you know, Rutgers. I'm going to go. 42 UMass 13. Okay, big win. So so yeah. if you're betting, bet Rutgers with the points. <laughs> Listen, if I was good enough to have <laughs> to be able to do this with betting, you think I'd be on a podcast with you right now? <laughs> uh, good point, good point. Uh, well, they're 15 and a half point favors. You could see that line go up a little more by game time. But, you know, I agree with you. I think they could handle them. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest questions will be, too, do, do we see two quarterbacks? Do they win by enough? Do they work another guy in? Or, or do they just stick with one guy the whole time? You know, I think they play two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think they do that. So Iowa the next week had some stuff that they look at and not just going to prepare for one thing. Mm-hmm. And look, man, we talked about it earlier. The offensive line is a question. Right. And, you know, that Sitkowski – made it through last season pretty much healthy, other than when he almost got killed in Nebraska, I think it was. I mean, he took some big hits. And so you think that at some point you're going to need a second quarterback. I mean, you think that almost throughout the country with program. And I I think you want to get experience. You want to get Rutgers in a good situation. And then you get the other quarterback some experience. Um, You know, you want to play them both and and make sure – Iowa has to prepare for both. Because, again, when you're preparing for a lefty and a righty, 
Hey, you know, Brian, I've asked the coaches, the players, uh, everybody, you know, what's the difference? And they all downplayed it. Now, is that just coach speak and, and guys just, you know, making, trying to not make a big deal about it? I mean, is it that much of a difference? You know, I, I don't know if it's a huge, huge difference, but it's enough that whenever I talk to NFL guys, you know, who are going into practices or, or you know, are doing the scouting stuff and I ask them, they, they say it's significant enough to when they are evaluating quarterbacks for their teams to draft, that it has to be taken into consideration. I mean, and, and here and here's the this is why I say it. So Raekwon O'Neal is the starting left tackle for Rutgers. If they thought anybody else was better at protecting the blind side of a of the quarterback, that guy would be over there if you were a righty. You know? So don't tell me that it's not that significant because you've just changed the dynamic of how your offensive line looks. When that guy drops back to pass, now if he's under center, you know, his first look is to his left. So your 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 progressions are starting, you know, could start from the other side of the field just because it's more natural. So don't tell me it's not different because it is. Now, how different it can be, they've had to practice it. You know, they, they got to practice at all training camp. So – They've had plenty of time to deal with it, but preparing for it, yeah, it's got to be different. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny. You hear them talk about such small details, and you know how many hours coaches spend preparing for a game. You, you have to think that those details are, are taken into consideration. I, I, I mean, uh, you're going to tell me that you know a quarter of a mono- a quarter of a mile an hour breeze is going to impact some punt or kickoff, <laughs> and you're worried about that. But whether the quarterback throws righty or lefty has no impact, it's ridiculous. Yeah, good point, good point. Well, you know, Rutgers should handle UMass. They go into that. Where does that take them the following week? You know, Iowa's, you know, always got a tough team. What's What do you look for in that, and, and what do you try to build on after that first game? Well, A, you better win, and you better mm-hmm. have a good showing. Um, right. And then you just go to Iowa – and you want to play well, and it's a road game, and you know, for some of these kids, going to be the first time going on the road in a big situation like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get the sense Iowa is going to be terribly jacked mm-hmm. to play Rutgers. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I mean, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like you don't think Rutgers is going to be totally jacked when Liberty comes to town. Right. Um, so, can you sneak up on them? Can you run the ball? Can you take care of the ball? Look, it's always about turnovers. We know that. But for this team, it is about turnovers and it is about building early confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can sit there and talk all you want about how well they've done in training camp. Spring practice was good. Ash is saying it's his best camp. They got a lot of work done. It's a really good locker room. And I believe all that. Mm-hmm. But if you go out and you're ahead 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter, you now have the confidence to go along with that. Right. And and that's how I look at it. And one thing you got to remember with these kids is we've been around it a long time, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Whether they beat Norfolk State or they beat you know in Illinois or in Indiana mm-hmm. or or something like that, they treat it the same. I mean, we look at it and be like, "UMass, are you kidding me?" <laughs> but they do look at you know most of these kids look at it the same. They're just as jazzed to do something good against UMass as they are against Iowa, against Michigan, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, but I just think you're trying to build confidence and you you're, you're wonder if the team has a fragile psyche mm-hmm. or if they're 
totally beyond last season and, and everything's good now. So but that's what I'm looking at. How, how much confidence they have and, and how do they build on that confidence and what happens when adversity hits. And, and you made a great point, kind of took the words out of my mouth. You know, one of the things people often ask on the message board is what's the mood of the team? How is everybody? You know, before the season, the mood's always great because, you know, you haven't lost any games yet. Everyone goes in, you know, saying this is going to be the year. You know what the, the preseason interviews are like and, and everybody's excited. But then one month passes and then you really see what you're made of. Like you said, when that adversity hits, what happens after the Michigan game? You know, how does the team respond? What did they do against Boston College? Which I also wanted to talk about because I've been saying that's the biggest game of the year and could shape the trajectory of the season. Um, you know, how would you uh, go about, you know, kind of analyzing that game and, and what it means and, and the importance of it? Yeah, I, I think two things. The VC game is only important if you take care of business against UMass. Okay, if you lose to UMass, forget it. Right. Um, so, so it's in that context, right? So you have to think, okay, you beat UMass. What does the VC game mean? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's a lot of people at VC that are just counting the days, saying, oh, geez, you know, Rutgers is going to make a change. They're going to do that. Rutgers isn't any good. They're coming into New Jersey and recruiting the Catholic kids. You know, the Catholic school kids. And they're telling them, why are you going to go to Rutgers? They can't win. So for Boston College, there's a lot at stake for them. Boston College, the way their schedule works out, um, it's backloaded. It's tougher at the back end. And so it is a huge game for Boston College for, A, um, you know, getting to a a bowl game or a good bowl game, getting off to a a good start for the season. They open against Virginia Tech, which is at home, and, you know, you never – know what's going to happen with the conference opener this weekend with D.C., but there's a lot at stake in this thing um, for Boston College, especially knowing that they want to recruit more in New Jersey and they're telling people, hey, this is a better choice than Rutgers. Plus, if you're Rutgers and all of a sudden, you know, you're 2-1, and 3-0 and after that D.C. game, that's a much different feel than 1-2. and Yeah, and then you know, you, you're probably going to lose to Michigan. So, you know, you, yeah, I, you know what, these are college kids. You never know what, you know, who would have thought that Kamoko Ture would just <laughs> how many years ago, right. or, you know, Chris Laviano would lead Rutgers back from like 97 points down. At Indiana. <laughs> who would have thought that they would have went to Kansas and lost by a hundred last year? You don't, you don't, I mean, the one thing is, is these kids are, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. You never know. Right. And momentum's a funny thing. You know, if it starts rolling your way, you start playing with confidence and, and you're knocking off teams that people might not have think you, you had a chance against earlier in the year. So, I mean, you know, looking ahead to the season, how do you see it shaping, shaking out, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, is it a good year? How many wins do they get to? What is reasonable? Uh, what, what's kind of your prognosis on that regard? Yeah, I think a lot of it, you know, as, as most teams, it, it comes down to health. But with Rutgers, I think it's even more important, you know, what kind of depth you have on the offensive line, depth on the defensive line. Um, you know, the quarterback is such a, you know, who knows what you're getting there. I mean, you haven't known what you've gotten out of quarterback, in, you know, right. since Gary Nova was there for the most um so you want improvement and it depends you know people, how many wins is that what does it take to keep chris ash safe what i i don't know you know what 
if you go four and eight and you lose every game by three points and you're losing to Ohio State and Michigan by three points in Wisconsin and Penn State, it's different, right? It, it's different right. than if you're losing by 50. Um, I, I, think, I think realistically, I think Rutgers is somewhere between four and eight and five and seven. If I want to be optimistic, it's five and seven. If not, I'm looking more at the four and eight side. You know, and people sit there and go, "What? How is that possible?" Look, man, I, I don't think the Big Ten is filled with world leaders. You know, yes, you have your, you know, a couple of your powerhouses, but aside from that, <laughs> it is not like an incredibly deep conference. And so, you know, I, I, I think you're looking at four and eight or five or seven. And I know people out there want to know. And so I'll, I'll go four and eight. Okay. You know, and, and I think that's right where I would put them because, you know, there's so many unknowns. And, and when I do my preview later in the week, it'll, it'll give you the scenarios that they'll win more than four if this happens and less than four if this happens. But I think it's such a fine line in some of those games. You know, a couple plays here, a couple turnovers there. It, it could mean a difference between two wins and five wins. Um, so, I, you know, that's, that's one of the interesting things about this season. You really don't know. There's a sense of uncertainty. And there's cause for optimism and concern as well. But, um, you know, as I said, Bobby, you know, we always talk about it. People are like, well, what about this? What about this? Look, if you can sit there and tell me in middle of October, is Minnesota quarterback healthy? How, what's their health on the line of scrimmage like? How are they doing, you know, offensively with injuries in their skills? You don't know what's good. I mean, that's what makes this stuff so difficult. Well, Geez, if they can get to this by this, you have so many injuries in this stuff that you really can't plan for it. I mean, we've talked about it before, but go pick some program that's really good. And, you know, all of a sudden their quarterback can't play because he gets hurt. And it changes the whole dynamic of their season. You know, look at the Indianapolis Colts. You know, they went from people, oh, they could win 10 games to now Jacoby Brissett is your starting quarterback. And, oh, what's going on? It happens that quick because of the injuries. In the and game. you make a good point. You know, the Rutgers offensive line, there was no position battles for starting spots this summer. And, you know, that's kind of a concern because, you know, you always want guys pushing there. And, you know, one or two guys go down, you're looking at some starters who really never played before. Um, you know, a couple. We're going to be asking you if you have eligibility. <laughs> I think I used my. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you, I cut the grass before this tonight. My back is hurting. My legs hurt. I, I got to hire somebody, Brian. <laughs> hey, Mike. Yeah, I was going to say, talk to John about that. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get an intern? Do you think interns will, will mow the grass? I don't know. but um, Well, let's. I'll just say this. I've driven into Rutgers before where the interns were cleaning the grass. Yes, yes. During the Greg Seattle <laughs> era, they, uh, I mean, just, just enlighten them on what happened there, Brian. Okay, so you're driving in. So I'm coming in off of Route 18. Mm-hmm. And so you go around the little loop to get onto the Bush campus. You know, you go over River Road. So you're coming in, um, you know, more where the Welcome Center is. Mm-hmm. And as I go, Rutgers is having like a junior day that right. day. And there's interns out there. There's some papers and some garbage. You know, not a lot of it, but a few things out on the grass. And the interns are out there. Picking it up and cleaning it up because Greg doesn't want people to see some litter on the side of the road when they're driving mm-hmm. to Rutgers. And that, you know, you could criticize a lot of things about him when he micromanages stuff, but 
that's how he was. And, and that's what made him successful is making, you know, paying attention to things that mm-hmm. ridiculous one would think, but yeah, it makes and, sense. you know, that's what we talk about. We mentioned earlier, those coaches with the attention to detail and, and it, it's almost um, like, like a disorder. You could say, you know, there, there's, Oh no, it's not like, <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I say this all the time. The, the great athletes and the great coaches are just obsessive compulsive about mm-hmm. what they do. And you have to be, because you know, I, I you know, especially covering recruiting where you're talking to these kids where, they're getting up at 5 a.m., working out, going to school, going to practice, eating dinner, doing homework, working out again, going to sit. I mean, you have to be obsessive compulsive about it to be able to do it at such a high level. And, and you mentioned recruiting. Last thing before I let you go, Brian, um, recruiting. Um, smaller class this year for Rutgers. They filled it up. Um, you know, how do you see it playing out over the course of the season? Is, is there going to be some new targets involved? And how important is it to do really well in these games? Well, two things. Um, there will be new targets because they have a few slots left and they'll be able to identify some kids. You know, you're looking for an offensive lineman or two. And so you always want to keep identifying stuff because another receiver pop up um, in the mix. You know, stuff like that. Uh, can they find a pass rushing defensive end or an outside linebacker that they can turn into a pass rushing defensive end? They'll look at the JUCO situation and see if anybody materializes. There's always that. I usually am not somebody that says results pay huge dividends in recruiting. But when you're in year four and you're coming off of one and 11, and, you know, two years ago or, or, or last offseason, when Dennis Dodd put Pat Hobbs, put um, Chris Ash on his hot list, and Pat Hobbs is tweeting at him saying, hey, take him off. My guy is fine. And now this year, when you have people tweeting that he's on the hot list and Hobbs is nowhere to be found, that's why you don't do it a year before. Because now it's just, you know, it's basically him saying, of course he's on the hot right. seat by, by not saying anything. Um, so with that, then you have to be able to win and show some progress for the program and get kids excited about what has been built the last three years that maybe didn't show up in results on the field last year, but it showed up in other areas and are now pushing the program towards success this year on the field. So you do need some results. Okay, there you have it. Well, Brian, thank you for joining us once again. And, you know, we'll have you back as always. It's a pleasure. And, um, you know, any final thoughts? You know, just I'm excited for football to start and I'm excited for – you know, what happens this season so we get some clarity about the direction of this program. All right. Well, there you have it. Another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. We'll see you on the message board. Well, Rutgers, UMass, uh, until that time, keep it on ScarletNation.com and 24-7 Sports for round-the-clock recruiting and football coverage.